Alrighty, good evening everyone. Um, seems like Google's uh, Zoom's changed a little bit since I was last on. So now um, apparently I can't get rid of the meeting room. So I'm going to have to consistently manage it to make sure that everyone can get in. Um, Alright, so the topic we have this evening is cosmetic surgery in Halakha, which is a topic which is uh, fascinating and uh, quite pertinent, dare I say, because cosmetic surgery can be for a number of different reasons, but we're going to focus specifically on for vanity reasons, um, and that is our goal this evening. So I'm going to take us, let me just see if I can share my screen over here. Yeah, okay. So just start with a, a Talmud, Talmudic statement which do, still starts with the question of what's called Chabala, if a person is going to injure themselves. So it says as follows. So where do we know that a per, according to the person, that a person is not allowed to injure themselves? It is according to the opinion of the individual says, that I will surely, so this is a verse that comes out of the parasha, and that is the reason that we are quoting it. So the story goes that as Noach comes out of the ark, and there's this, this, um, this relationship that Hashem has now created, He says, I'm going to put the keshe now I'm going to put the, um, the rainbow, and that's going to be a sign that I'm never going to destroy the world again. But he says, So he gives Noach and his sons the blessing that it should be fruitful, multiply. And all the animals will be fearful for you. Now you can eat all animals. We weren't able to eat animals beforehand, but now we can eat animals. But you can't eat the... the, the um, Basar benafsho, the flesh in the soul in the flesh. This is where the prohibition of an, what we call an avim menachai, eating a limb of a living animal comes from. You can't eat the soul in the flesh. So the way that this is translated is, however, your blood which belongs to your souls, I will demand. So that 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 is a very uh, cryptic verse that says your blood for your souls I will demand so there are a number of different ways that the Talmud understands this so the one of the classical ways that it understands this is that um, that the, the this is a prohibition of taking one's own life so the prohibition of suicide comes out of that verse other things that dam shofech dam dam ba'adam ba'adam damu shofech. The next verse, which comes, says, "As one who spills blood, his blood will be spilt." So the way that the verse is, is one who spills blood in one's man. So it says, "Shofech dam ha'adam ba'adam." One who spills the blood of man in man by man will his blood be spilt. Is the prohibition of abortion is learnt out of that. So there are quite a few different things that are learnt out of this particular parsha, but for our purposes, it says, "Your blood for your souls, I will claim." So look at the way the Talmud learns this out. If we say this is surely your blood of your souls, the verse says, "From here, the hand of your souls, i.e., I will call your blood." Mean one is liable if one takes his own life, or in the context here, that one not only takes his own life, but if an individual injures themselves. 
that is becomes the source um, of the, the suppose the the Torah prohibition of injuring oneself. So when we come now, we're going to be talking about the whole concept of elective surgery. It's going to fall under the rubric of this prohibition of what's called chovel ba'atzmo, of an individual who injures themselves. So why can you not? So one hand, you can look at it, uh, from simply it comes what you call gizarit akatuv. It says explicitly in the Torah, well not explicitly, um, it learned out of a verse in the Torah that your blood of your soul I will... I will, uh, I will doresh, I will claim it. I will say that you are accountable for the blood of your soul. So it doesn't mean the blood of your soul. So if you shed your own blood, you will be accountable for it. So on an extreme case, we said that could be um, a case of suicide. But on a less extreme case, the idea of injuring oneself. Now the philo- philosophy behind this is the idea that, um, that an individual is not the owner of their body. So there's an interesting, uh, uh, um, we have to distinguish, distinction that one has to make between one's property and, and one's life. So your property belongs to you. And because it belongs to you, you can do with it as you wish. So if I decide that I want to, uh, you know, set my, my car on fire, I'm perfectly permitted to do so. Might be a Torah prohibition of Baltashrit of destroying for no no good reason. But if I want to give away all my money, I say I'm going to give every cent I have. I'm going to give it away. No problem. Halachically, it's permissible to do that. It is your money. You can do with it what you please. But with regards to your body, your physical well-being, it is not yours, and therefore does not belong to you. And you cannot do what you want with it. And this comes up in a number of different areas of halacha. One is obviously of of taking one's own life, but even injuring oneself. So I can't say that I'm going to injure myself. What I care, it's, it's my body. I can do what I want with it. The answer we say is, no, it's not your body. You are the custodian of your body. Hashem gave you your body and I'd may have a stream. You should live a long life. And by the end of your life, you're going to return it to Hashem. But until such point you return to it, it belongs to Him. And when you return it to Hashem, you have to return it intact. So you can't injure yourself. So halachically, me hitting you or me hitting myself has the same transgression. It is the same Torah prohibition. Now, when I hit you, there may be a secondary, a second uh, element, and that is if I cause financial damages and if I damage your property, so then I'm going to have to pay for the property because of that. But injuring somebody which moves out of the civil case and into the criminal case, from a lachic point of view, there would be no distinction between injuring myself and injuring somebody else. So that is a plain, straightforward Torah prohibition. What's now going to become our question when it comes to uh, elective surgery, cosmetic surgery, is how does this fit into the whole rubric of the concept of injuring yourself? So if you've got to go, a person wants to get a, a, a nose job, they want their nose smaller or uh, uh, they, 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 a facelift, whatever the case might be, is that what are you doing is you're <coughs> going under the knife, you're going to cause yourself injury in order to improve your physical appearance. That is the whole idea behind it. And every time that you go under the knife, it's called an injury. Now, this concept of Kabbalah exists in, in many areas. So every time you, um, if I'm getting a tooth pulled, so I'm going to injure myself. It's for a, a greater good and a physical well-being. And no one would doubt that to have surgery for, um, to, to, to save a life, even though you're going to injure you. It's almost like making something um, 
taking a step backwards in order to take two steps forward, so everyone will agree that that is permissible. But cosmetic surgery in the context that we're speaking about it is the fact that the person is physically 100% okay. There's no problem with them whatsoever. But for one reason or another, they are unhappy with their physical appearance and they want to change it. So how does that fit into the whole gamut of the halachi process? Do we say, okay, well, you've got to view a physical... Uh, that a person who wants to change their physical appearance is exactly the same as a medical procedure that is life-saving, which is a bit of a stretch. We will go down that direction, and therefore it is permissible. Or do we say, no, since this is not life-saving, you're you're injuring yourself for not a life-saving purpose, and therefore it would fall under the general concept of a Torah prohibition, and you're not allowed to do it. So that is the, the broad halachic categories that uh, we're going to be dealing with this evening. Now, there are going to be three separate areas in halacha that um, we're going to have to uh, work through in order to permit um, cosmetic surgery of, of one form. Number one is the uh, the surgery itself. That is, uh, so that's what you talk chabala. That's number one. Number two is the the danger, any danger that is associated with having the surgery. So any doctor, um, and there are a number on the call, but any doctor will tell you that general anesthetic has always got a certain underlying danger associated with it. So are you allowed to um, to go under general anesthetic? What is the nature of that danger? And am I allowed to put myself in harm's way in order to have uh, cosmetic surgery? So that's the second one. And the third one, which we'll deal with at the end is, let's call it the philosophical hashkafic element. And that is that Hashem gave you the body that you have and isn't there something philosophically problematic with then going to Hashem and saying, I don't like the nose you gave me, or I don't like the ears you gave me, or I don't like that I'm aging in the way that I'm aging, and therefore I want to, um, I want to change the body that you gave me. Isn't that something philosophically, or maybe we could even say halachically problematic, that you're taking the, the, the things that Hashem has given you and throwing them in the face of Hashem? Okay, so those are the three broad categories. And we are going to go through three different uh, halachic response. I will do them all outside, but uh, one of them I can put on the screen. But uh, one is Rav Chaim David Halevi, who was the uh, chief rabbi, the Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Israel, not mistaken, in the 70s. The other is Rav Moshe Feinstein, the Egrot Moshe, and he is um, he was the great Rav of America, passed away in the early 80s. And the final was Rav Yaakov Breish. The Minchat, uh, so Yitzchak Reich, the, the Minchat Yitzchak, who is similar, similar time, also, uh, I think, passed away recently, if we might even still be alive, but he was of the Eide Haredi in Yerushalayim. So, um, sorry, and one more is the Tzitzilezer. Tzitzilezer, who is the Rav of Sharet Tzedek Hospital. He's also a big Rav in Yerushalayim, and he passed away probably five, ten years ago. So he's all, these are all quite uh, contemporaneous shards. As you can understand, cosmetic surgery um, wasn't understood in the same way now as it was then. So let's start with um, the first area. So the first area, and this is the one that Moshe Feinstein deals with, what about injuring yourself? We said there's this chovel batzmo, an individual is going to injure themselves, is it permissible to do so for elective surgery? So he wants to suggest as follows, that if you go look at the prohibition of someone who is injuring themselves, what is the, what's the Torah prohibition? So it's the idea that I'm going to hurt you or hurt myself for what purpose? So it's either with an intent to cause you damage or cause myself harm and that, 
or, and the other time that is brought in the Talmud, is the idea of people injuring themselves as a part of a mourning ritual, a mourning rite. So the Torah says a number of different times, you can't cut yourself over the dead, something, or, or, or rip, rip, rip your hair out, whatever the case might be. But that is chover small. Why? The, because by ripping your hair or scratching yourself, you're going to bring yourself to more pain as a result of mourning. You want, you're mourning, you've lost someone very close to you, and you want to feel not only the emotional pain, but you want to express that by making yourself go through more physical pain. And so that would be a problem. So Rav Moshe says, look at what do these two things have in, content, uh, have in common? Is the idea that the purpose of the pain is to cause pain. That is the purpose of the pain. Either out of anger or, or sadness, but the purpose of inflicting pain is to cause pain. And that is when the Torah prohibition comes in. But that's not what the purpose is in cosmetic surgery. What's the purpose of it? The purpose is, is to not have the pain. Is that I want to... Ultimately, what I want to do is alleviate some um, some element of tsaurus, if anything. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the way that I, that I look. And the only way I feel I can to get rid of this emotional pain that I'm suffering is by having a surgery. And that is, it's a means to an end. You, the, the pain isn't the goal. But with regards to if you hit someone, the, the pain is the goal. When you rip yourself, you scratch yourself in mourning, the, the pain is the goal. That is why it's a Torah prohibition. But here... He says that's not the, the whole idea of uh, inflicting pain. The pain is a means to an end in order to allow an individual to have surgery. So if Moshe finds and says, and the question, I'll read the, uh, the question so you can understand, the, appreciate the context. He says, Okay, so there's a young woman who wants to improve her looks in order that she should be able to find a shidduch. And the doctors have suggested that the, through cosmetic surgery, it, uh, it would be able to work. Would she be able to go through it? So Rav Moshe Paskins, yes, she would, because we're being chovel ba'atzma, that this is not considered uh, an injury that is considered part of the Torah prohibition. So Rav Moshe said it is permissible for her to do so. On the other hand, so this is now on the uh, opposite extreme, is the Tzitzilieza. So this was the Rav of Sharet Tzedek Hospital. He says... For two reasons. Now, it doesn't seem to be as much of a problem. But he has two, the two separate the other issues. He has one, he says, how can you take on elective surgery? Now, you should understand that the Tzitzileza, it wasn't only about uh, cosmetic surgery, but it was just about any form of elective surgery. He says elective surgery, you're having surgery that you don't need, and you're putting yourself in unnecessary risk. In order for what? To, to, to look a bit better? He says, you cannot do that. You cannot risk your life to do something that is not essential. So, and he passes that. Now, the Tzitzileza, this is, I'm not exactly sure when this particular response was written, but it wasn't written that long ago. I mean, maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But he felt that whatever the risk was of an anesthetic or general anesthetic was, um, was significant enough to, to tell people that they could not have a general anesthetic. And Rav Chaim David Alevi, the, the chief rabbi of Israel, he said the same thing. And he says, therefore, if you want to have a local anesthetic, whatever you want to do, it can be done under local anesthetic, not a problem, because there we don't have the risk, but under general anesthetic, absolutely not. So that's the way that Tzitzileza, that one cannot have a general anesthetic for any elective surgery. So the question is, is has that changed? What are the complication rates? I mean, if, if we're going to be realistic that a person can't uh, put their life at risk, 
for uh, anything um, uh, that is not essential. So could we potentially go, can anyone go on a, on a holiday when road trips, what are the casualty rates of uh, driving a certain distance? So to drive from here, I don't know, two, three hours up the coast, what is the danger, what is the likelihood of me having a fatal accident relative to the likelihood of me having a, a adverse effect during elective surgery? I don't know what the, uh, the, I'm sure some of the doctors can tell us afterwards. But one way or another, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, Baruch Hashem, I do know people, I, I, I don't know anyone who has died as a result of complications from general anesthetic um, that, that had no, that from an elective surgery, let's just say. I, that I'm not familiar. I do know Nebuch people that have passed away during car accidents. So we're going to say that therefore it is prohibited for people to go on holiday because uh, it's not essential. You don't have to go on holiday. And why would you get in a car? So every car trip has to be gauged on the, uh, you know, what is the li- how, how how crucial necessary is this? I could walk to the shops to do my shopping. I don't have to drive. Why would you should I take on the additional risk? So I don't know exactly. Perhaps um, he's speaking at a time where the complications around general anesthetic were far greater than they are today. That is possible. But um, intrinsically, he seems here, and to the best of my knowledge, he didn't back down from this position, even though he died relatively recently. But the other point that he brings is that the third point that he makes. Isn't this throwing, you know, Hashem has made you in the way that he has made you. And um, <coughs> wouldn't that be a, a problem? that uh, that you, you're rejecting that which Hashem has given you. So that argument, um, I think you can look in from, I was once approached um, by a young woman who wanted to have a nose job and was asking me the halachic questions about it. And I won't lie, my initial response was, Hashem gave you that nose, why do you want to have a nose job? But if you think about it a little bit deeper, it's like, why is that different to any other area of our lives? So if, uh, if Hashem gave you a um, you know, uh, um, we shouldn't be allowed to wear makeup because if makeup is improving one's physical appearance, well, if Hashem gave you this uh, face to look like this, why should you change the way it looks? So perhaps you could say there's a difference between making a permanent change and making a temporary change. But um, isn't that so if Hashem didn't want me to get sick? So you know, let's use the whole logic. If Hashem didn't want me to be sick, he wouldn't have made me sick. So how can I go to a doctor to be healed? Why is having... Um, having elective surgery to improve my looks any different to having any form of other surgery. So I want to, I don't wear glasses anymore. I'm going to go for laser eye surgery. So why? So if Hashem didn't want me to wear glasses, he wouldn't have made me short-sighted. So I shouldn't be able, should, should be halakhically prohibited to have uh, eye surgery or the like. So I haven't heard anyone say that sort of thing. And especially, and we'll talk about this a little bit more shortly, um, that if... If, if this is something that is going to affect a woman from a from a dating point of view that is permissible for that she will be harder for her to uh, find a, a partner so surely she can do whatever she needs to do she's allowed to get dressed nicely and she's supposed to do whatever she can to make herself as attractive as possible and if she feels that uh, by doing some cosmetic work it's going to do the same thing so why not but that being said, the Tzitzi Lezer says that no, it is a prohibition from both points of view, both the elect- from the general anesthetic as well as the philosophical point of view. But Moshe Feinstein does not have a problem with it whatsoever. Um, and Rav Chaim David Alevi, so he's a little bit different. He says definitely it's not a problem. However, he says you really have to gauge the why people are getting cosmetic surgery. So... And, and this part, uh, just to develop a little bit more. The people who want to look better, 
and the people who are humiliated to go out the way they are. And there's a big difference between those two. A person who feels that, you know, getting their, um, getting some work done will make them look much younger or more attractive, <coughs> um, um, and, and, and that's why they want to do it. So that is a lot more problematic from, from all these reasons. So for, firstly, from a philosophical point of view, but also to put yourself under the knife with something that is really just to make you look a little bit better, it's hard to justify. But what about the opposite? It says like a person who is humiliated to go out in public in the way that they look. So they've got a terrible scar. Or they're very complex about their, their, their nose, their ears, their, 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 their breasts, whatever the case might be. That This person feels humiliated and it is embarrassing for them to go out in public. The fact that it's not necessarily true. So many of us, so that many of us are very complex about different areas of our bodies. And even though no one else notices it, because it's an area that we're complex about, we struggle with it. We walk into a room and we think everybody's look, commenting and looking at whatever elements of our bodies we feel insecure about. But if a person is really suffering and the purpose of this, uh, of the surgery, is to end the suffering, so Rahman David says, even then you can have an elective surgery under general anesthetic because it is to alleviate suffering. What difference does it make between physical suffering and emotional suffering? Halachically, and this is something that we're developing more and more and more uh, in the world of halacha, is understanding how intense mental health can be to, to the detriment of a person's well-being. And we have to be able to view mental health and physical health exactly the same with regards to all areas of pikuach nefesh. So if, if there's a, a fear that a person is, is going to have a mental breakdown as a result of enduring a particular event, so uh, someone's struggling on Shabbat and they are suffering through terrible depression. Can I get in a car and uh, drive over to support them? So under the right circumstances, the answer will be yes, even though there's no physical damage to them, a physical danger to them. Nevertheless, you could do so because we view it in the same way. So similarly over here, if a person is really suffering with something uh, physical, so halakhically it would be permissible to do it because it is to end suffering. So just... Just to a little summary before we go to the next stage, and that is, so the issues have come in is to injure yourself. So injuring yourself, we seemingly we can get around it. Like we got Rav Moshe Feinstein that it's not that much of an issue because the injuring here is not for the sake of causing pain, but rather for the sake of alleviating the pain, physical or emotional. As far as uh, general anesthetic, so perhaps we could say that definitely for uh, um, it would not seem that it is that dangerous anymore. But that being said, is perhaps to go into general anesthetic for something that is really, I'm going to say it uh, trivially, something that is seeming quite nonsensical, so that would be a problem. But if it is really causing the person distress, seemingly it would be permissible. And, ah, oh, but you're rejecting that which Hashem gave you. Yeah, that's what we do. Hashem created the world one way. And as our goal, our job is to, uh, to you know, tomato me, which is Shariat Tzedek, uh, the plastic surgery department had a sign outside say, we fix that which God messed up. Okay, I wouldn't go that far to say that, but I don't see it would be any different with uh, interfering with the world. If, if Hashem didn't want people to be poor, He would never have made them poor. Yes, Hashem made them poor, so you can give tzedakah. So this is just being something else in that regard. Now, two more points that I'd like to make. One, if someone comes to, to, comes to you and says, I'm thinking of having a nose job, what is the route to take? Is the route to teach them to love their nose or is there the, 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 the route to take to allow them to have a nose job? So I think that is a case-by-case 
uh, situation, and that's the way Rav Chaim David uh, Paskins at the end of the day is that you can't, each case is going to be unique. And one has to be able to gauge how much distress this is causing the person before one can actually uh, paskin it one way or another. The final point that I, that I just wanted to raise, and I think it's um, one which is, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but is the difference between men and women. So halacha in the areas of vanity does distinguish between men and women, whereas women, the idea of, of um, physical beauty is something that is lauded, accepted, and inc- I don't know if encouraged, but it's something that is not a problem for, for women. But for men it is. That a man, there's a, a prohibition of men looking in the mirror when the purpose of looking in the mirror is for vanity. To look in the mirror to make sure you don't look like a shlump, so that is permissible. But to do for, so for vanity is a problem. So the Gemara, there's a Gemara in Shabbat, which talks about uh, one of the um, malachot on Shabbat, one of the prohibitions on Shabbat is, is uh, gozez. Gozez is uh, other shearing a sheep or in a, in a human context cutting nails or cutting one's hair so the question the Gemara says is how many hairs so it says that if a man picks two of his gray hairs out of his head or out of his beard so two hairs would be concept so, so the Gemara says what are you talking about two hair, gray hairs out of his beard even on a weekday that's not permissible because he's trying to make himself look attractive he's, he's embarrassed that he's got gray hair in his beard and he wants to pull out the gray hair he's not allowed to do that why because that is considered feminine activity so there's a Torah prohibition called Lot Tilbash that a man is not allowed to do or dress like a woman or do things that a woman does and vice versa a woman can't do things that like a man does or dress like a man does and that extends to the in, in the men's context is largely includes all those areas of vanity so for a man to want to look presentable permissible but for a man to have cosmetic surgery as a as a means to vanity so that is very very problematic so a man just wants to look a little bit better he wants to get some i don't know muscle work done he wants to get his chest made a little bit bigger um he wants to have hair implants um even even for a man to wear a wig or to pay all falls into this category so it would seem that definitely there's a lot more room for women to be lenient to have cosmetic surgery than there is for men the exception would be for men would be exactly the same as the you know the rule for women so for women if a woman says i just want to look more pretty i just want to look prettier can i have a nose job so says, yeah you can you can there's no problem for men i i just want to be more handsome and i want a nose job that's a problem but if a man were to come and say listen i feel humiliated embarrassed to go out in public looking the way i do can i get some work done so depending on the case there would be room to say that perhaps it would be permissible as a result of the fact that this individual is suffering terribly um, as a result of uh, of their their body so the, the short answer is, is it permissible? According to some, it is. According to the majority, it is. And um, there's definitely room to allow people at times to have cosmetic surgery. Is it something that is uh, supported? So I think it's halakhically accepted. I think that would be the best way to describe it. Not so much halakhically um, supported. I think that an individual who can accept that which Hashem has given them, but there's room for the fact that just because I'm happy to uh, look the way I am with my disposition and someone with the same disposition feels humiliated, Halacha can understand the fact that, okay, if they need to do this and it'll work for their confidence, so it is permissible. And for you who you don't feel you need it, it's not permissible. And so you can do it on a case-by-case basis. So there's uh, so Halacha tolerates um, cosmetic surgery. Um, 
I wouldn't say condones or supports it, but definitely tolerates it and it is permissible, definitely a lot more for women than it is for men. All right, uh, any questions, comments? I think uh, you people should be able to unmute themselves if they would like. Uh, yep, so if anyone would like to ask any questions, I'm going to just unpin myself so that people can. What about Botox? Well, well, Botox would be a lot less problematic because um, it's not um, it's not a general anesthetic. It's uh, I don't even think it's a local anesthetic for Botox. So before it wouldn't answer up the uh, question. So for for men, for vanity, definitely not. For women, for vanity, would definitely be permissible. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> It's like one of those things, like when you see some, I, I often wonder when people get facelifts, are they, are they oblivious to the fact that everybody knows they, they had a facelift? You know, it's one of those things that you have to ask the question, if a person's going to wear a toupee, nine times out of ten, it's quite obvious that it's a toupee, so what do they gain by wearing it? All right, they, they have their own confidence and the like, and who's one to argue? So Botox a lot, but it wouldn't fall into the same category. Because it's not a, it's not under anaesthetic. But for a man, I would, one would imagine that it's pro, it's a, it's a prohibition. Is that the same? so? You you muted yourself as you started speaking. Is that the same prohibition as tattoos? N- what uh, Botox? No, tattoos is a separate thing because Kotovit uh, Kaka um, is 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 got a twofold process. One is is it's an engraving. And it's a writing. Okay, so uh, a, a tattoo would be a prohibition from that point of view. Botox is just an injection. It's not a, and it's not permanent. Whereas a tattoo is permanent. So I remember as a kid, you always told at school, you're not allowed to, you know, used to write notes on your hands. They say, oh, you can't, Jews aren't allowed to write on their hands because that's a tattoo. So that's rubbish. That's, that's absolutely rubbish. A tattoo has to be injected into the skin and it has to be considered and engraved within the skin. So that would be a problem. Where there is an area in cosmetic surgery, which is a thing, is um, permanent makeup, which becomes a, an interesting halachic question. Permanent makeup is where there is cosmetic tattooing, which is not, uh, you know, getting a, an anchor on your bicep as a, as a, as a sailor, but as much as women getting uh, eyebrows and different elements uh, in parts of their eyes, and I think it's eyeliner and stuff, that's um, that's an interesting question whether that is a prohibition or not, but it's it's unrelated to um, it's unrelated to Botox. All right, any other questions? Please unmute yourself and ask away. All right. I was going to ask the question about yeah. having um, eyeliner and all of that, and I thought, well, it's not connected, or eyebrows. Yeah, uh, you mean a permanent t- t- a tattoo? T- it's not, t- it's, it's not permanent because it fades away. You're not talking about uh, cosmetic tattooing, you're just talking about in general? Yes, if it, uh, it, I have my eyebrows done, but that fades. Is that, I mean, halakhically an issue or not? That was, I mean, I didn't know that what? there was a halakha against it because we shouldn't have it done. I mean, it is like a type of thing, but it does fade off. It's like a colour. So listen, I'll be honest. I I don't know the um, the um, halachas behind um, behind. Well, I don't know. The, I don't know the process behind cosmetic tattooing. 
And uh, Bli Nader, since we've had two questions already, we'll talk a little bit about tattoos in the, one of the upcoming shurim. I have to find a connection to one of the p- upcoming parishes. But um, but the uh, short answer is I don't know. But the, the off the you know on on one leg, I'd say that once you are talking about something that is not permanent, it is already going to be a lot less of an issue. Um, so even if so, if I would get one of those, I think they're called henna tattoos which they, they can last a few months. So those are on the skin rather than in the skin. You know, it's a, a tattoo is, is a permanent thing because it is engraved. This thing I'm guessing is just, it's staining the skin or it's, it's affecting the pigmentation of the skin rather than actually tattooing. But I stand corrected with that. Uh, there are times where tattooing is permissible. So for example, for radiation, Often uh, people need to get tattoos, and something like that is definitely permissible from a halakhic point of view. But I will bleed later in the upcoming weeks to uh, do deal with tattoos, and we'll deal with cosmetic tattooing. At least I'll be a little bit more versed by then when I look into it. Thank you. No worries. No worries. Any other questions? Does Baltashkit apply to uh, a person or just to objects? So. The term Baltashchit, um, just understand the Torah prohibition, refers specifically to when you are laying a siege during war on a town. It says that you should not chop down the fruit trees in the siege because the, the tree is not a soldier that you should cut it down in war. And that is that you can't chop down the tree. It's called Baltashchit. Now it is expanded from that because the tree is something that we benefit from. It's a fruit tree. So a non-fruit tree is permissible, but a fruit tree is not. Because it's something that one can benefit from and to something that can have benefit that you are destroying. That is the general principle. So if I take um, a glass, which is a very usable grass, and I smash it on the floor just for fun. So that is going to be a question of Baltashchit. Um so the question over here of uh, baltashchit with what so with is there so Dave, the question is in your body is there a concept of baltashchit? Is there is there wanton destruction of something in your body or? or baltashchit potentially if a person chopped off their finger for fun, that would be an issue of not only chobel but small but that would be an issue of baltashchit. Again, everything this is a constructive act. That's why it wasn't a problem of being chabalah. It wasn't a problem of uh, of injuring yourself because injuring yourself has to be that the purpose is to hurt yourself, to cause pain, or to injure yourself. Here, the purpose is to look more attractive. That, you know, so so the, the question whether that's permissible or not. But but the act itself is not a destructive act. It's a constructive act. So you know you're building a new house. You got to you got to bash down the old house before you build the new house. But that act of destruction is not a destructive act. It's because it's a purpose to build another house. Otherwise, you could never build. You say, oh, I've built, bashing down a nice house is bal tashchit, so you can never build a new house. You just have to. It says no. In that way, it's a constructive act. Even though it's in the, in the short term, it's destructive, but ultimately, it's a constructive act. Okay. All right. Anyone? Going, going, and gone. Well, thank you very much. Wonderful to be back. Wonderful to see everybody. Hope you have a wonderful week. And look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. We're doing philosophy. This is the Torah we have today. The Torah we were given at Sana. Has the Torah changed? That is going to be philosophy tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Hope to see you all there. All the best. Laila Tov. Thank you. Thank you. Chica.